Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Five Day Rentals, uh, a movie podcast with categories. And tonight we're going to talk about the first selection in the category Extremely Extreme Sports. You guessed it. Radical. Yeah. Tubular. Rad. Angular. Titular. Far out. Titular. Far out. Cowbunga. I think you've brought up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in every show we've done, Kyle. Is it because of the gutter coming? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's more that I hang out in a rat pit and Bones Bones busts in the gutter. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm specifically bringing it up or if we just have a lot of overlap. I think it's just your childhood. Anyway, I'm your host tonight, I, Dan. Any what? No, you, I'm not walking over your intro. And I have with me my other two fine, polished big rigs over here. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Peter built Kyle. And I'm cum guttering bones. <laughs> He's got a coming engine. Coming engine, y'all. A Cummins, yeah. Cummins. And I'm a Mac Dan. Mac Dan, the laundry man. Uh, it rolls right off the tongue, doesn't yeah. it? This is episode 10, so you guys have about 10 more episodes before that shtick runs out. That's what you think. And then in another 10, we'll do Return of the Mac Dan. <laughs> Return to Laundry Town? Showing, yeah. You're showing our age. <laughs> mm-hmm. What movie are we talking about so I can cut in the intro right here? Tonight, we are talking about Rad from 1986, directed by Hal Needham. And, you know, it's about... BMX biking, which is just, well, you know, there's some other life lessons along the way, and we're here to show you all that. We are the Five Day Rentals Podcast. Uh, You can find us on Spotify, please. You can find us on Apple Podcasts now. I noticed that they put it explicit on our intro episode, which I forgot to do. So thank you guys for that. Do you think somebody had to listen to it? That's what I was wondering. Cause I or s- is it an automatic thing? I, maybe, I thought maybe they figured all the other episodes were explicit, so they just dropped one on that one. But it, if, it's, if, if it's automatic software, it wouldn't have taken very long, because I think it opens with Kyle saying, do you like jizz? Yeah, I think that's like the... So it might have been the fastest. They probably got a kid in the the Foxtrot factory in China who has to listen to the, every podcast that rolls in. Yeah, to get his definition out on that one. Like, what the what is this word? But anyway, yeah, we're on Apple now podcast. You can get us there. You can get us on Spotify. Look us up on Letterboxd uh, and Instagram. Send us an email. Five day rentals. You can find us 
Be the first person to send an email to five day rentals podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, rate us on That's five as in five. The number five. <laughs> the number five. It's day so, as in day. So that's I'll send uh, never mind. <laughs> you, what are you gonna send? No, uh, no, no, move on. Anyway. Send us your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles memory. That could be a side podcast from this, Kyle's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle memories. Mm-hmm. With rat bile. Because Splinter was a rat. Mm-hmm. 360. Do you think the turtles had hit puberty by the time? When, They're teenage, but well, weren't weren't they like super into April O'Neil? Like they thought she was hot. Yeah, but I was in the ladies before I had the capacity to impregnate them. They're at least close enough. I mean, they're like they've got to be. I mean, if the cutoff is teenage, I, I would say they're anywhere from twelve to twenty-four. It's hard to gauge how old the turtles are. <laughs> Well, they didn't have any pubes sticking out from underneath their shells. How awkward would that be if they were all 12 and then one of them was 24? (laughs) He turned quicker than the others. Yeah. It's got to be Donatello. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. Poor guy. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, guys. We're here to talk about some sweet BMX moves. Some sweet freestyle BMX, some sweet ass mongoose bikes. Uh, Bart Taylor. Bart Taylor, the Olympian. That's his real name, right? Bart Connor. Huh? Bart Connor is his is his uh, movie. Yeah, because he gets here. the introducing credit, right? Mm-hmm. Which. Well, we'll go through that later. Yeah, 1986, Rad. Directed by Neil, or Hal Needham, who directed Smokey and the Bandit. Cool. One and two. Cannonball Run, one and two. And Hooper. The the guy can shoot action. (laughs) That guy loved him some Burt Reynolds. And it peaked with Rad. And Rad as well. Do you think on Rad he was like, let me call up Bert, see if he wants in? Oh, dude, can you imagine Bert as the uh, cop? Maybe it was. Or is Bert Duke Best? I would like to see him as the... who's What's the name of the mongoose president? Duke Best, right? No. That might be right. Duke Best is the... He's kind of like the representative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's I got him in my notes. Duke Best, owner of Mongoose, sounds like Tom Waits with water in his mouth. Clapands. It sounds $10, like he can't talk at times. <laughs> that is a true statement. So uh, first thoughts on Rad, gentlemen? It was rad. As fuck. So we enjoyed it. Yeah, I really did. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to terms with how much (laughs) 
trying to accept into my heart how much I liked Red. Yeah. I don't, I figured, you know, when was it? Wednesday night coming to the end of it. I was like, I might have made a mistake here. Really? But I don't know. I've had some time to think, so. Well, we'll be all right. This. No, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to. Let's get through it. You don't want to chili pepper that shit? No. I will say this. I had never heard of this movie until last week when you picked it for the category. It was not on my radar. Um, but I'm extremely, extremely excited to talk about it. Ooh, I like that. See what he did there? Here's a first mm-hmm. thought. Does this town exclusively exist for BMX competitions? Well, that's what happens in Canada, Kyle. It seems like that's all that happens in this town. Everyone is focused on BMX activities. I felt it was kind of... Well, that's just the thing now, right? I just get the sense that the town is so unified. Whether it's a shitty parade, they're into it. That was a BMX parade. Yeah, but it was still shitty, but they were still all into it. So this was Canada? This was filmed in Canada, or is it set in Canada? All filmed in Canada. The, okay. the name of the town is... BMXville? Ex- no. Cor- Corbin or whatever? Eltrek? Cochrane? Cochrane is the actual town in Canada where it was filmed. Okay. I got a Colorado sense. Well, I was thinking that Especially as well. with the mountains and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That explains it. Because even the mean people still turn out to be a little nice, so... <laughs> It makes sense. So let's uh, let's take a deep dive tonight into Rad, guys. Do you got your uh, helmets ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't I got my Little League catcher's helmet on. Did you guys wear helmets whenever you uh, biked whenever you were younger? I did the cool thing where I, I had the helmet on when I rode away from my house. But then I took it off and put it on my handlebars. Yep. I have such a big head. So it was a little embarrassing to have that big ass. Because I never had the cool, uh, like, skateboarder style. No, I never had that one either. Helmet. I always had, like, a giant. Uh, yep. Old school one. 80s rollerblader with a mustache style, you know. Yeah. I just wear an old. Uh, kicker's football helmet like my hero Jack Nicholson in Easy Rider. Your hero's Jack Nicholson? Just from Easy Rider. Specifically Easy Rider. Yeah. That's weird because my hero is Jack Nicholson from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Just One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Bones, who's your Jack? Uh, Witches of Eastwick. Uh, That's a good Jack. (laughs) Because he gets a foursome. It's a fucking great choice. I fucking love that movie. All right, I switched to Bones's. That's my hero, Jack, too. One, two, three, that's my Jack. (laughs) I thought you were going to go Joker. 1989 Batman, Jack. Oh, I'd much rather be the devil than the Joker. That's true. Without a doubt. 
Have you guys watched the um, Harley Quinn animated series on HBO? Negative. No. Check it out. I'd heard good things and I popped it on. I recommend it. It's filling like a Venture Brothers gap. So. Right on. There's my recommendation for the episode. Kyle, do you have any recommendations? Are you just watching five-day rental movies now? Yeah, pretty much just watching the five-day rental films. I do feel like I don't want to watch movies as much anymore. But that's a different story for a different time. You associate it with work now? Well, you know, there's a lot that goes into a five-day rentals movie. You know, there's actual pen to paper, so... Yeah. Although I did watch and entering your pin into Google Play because this movie's not streaming fucking anywhere. Mm-hmm. Unless you're rich enough to have Showtime. Yeah. Did you guys not have a DVD copy of or this Fubu? Film? No, I didn't even know what this fucking movie was. Oh, you don't have a neighbor. That knew what this movie was because you'd never heard of it, and he gave you a DVD copy, and then you said, "Hey, bud, I'm watching Rad tonight," and then he sent a picture of his wife with a Rad T-shirt on. That's a true story. Uh, this rabbit hole just goes deeper and deeper, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, dude. It's like QAnon, but better. Rad, nineteen eighty-six, gentlemen. Our opening credits start with what? other thing would start with a bmx extreme sports movie snowboarding no bmx stunts with sweet ass 80 cents i know bones was a big big fan of the soundtrack what was the first track Uh, i think it's break the ice yeah that is also available on spotify if you guys want to listen to the soundtrack but listen to our podcast first so anyway um the I would say listen to this episode of the podcast, but also at the same time, be listening to the rad soundtrack and see yeah. if they ever line up like uh, dark side of the moon and wizard of Oz. Well, I literally have printed out lyrics. <laughs> so at any point I find that Dan's taking too long, there's any gaps. I was going to just start reciting, um, wind me up by three speed. Or Send Me an Angel by Real Life. Do any of these bands still exist? I feel like Send Me an Angel I was aware of beforehand. In our hearts and minds, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I thought that as well when I when I heard that. I was like, I, I think I've heard this song before. But I was going to say just play the Red soundtrack backwards and it would sound just the same as us talking. Like shit. Yeah, we suck. You'll hear a message from the devil himself. We're certainly no Crew Jones. Crew Jones is our main character in Rad, but we'll get to that. Anyway, opening scene, we got some sweet BMX moves going on. We got the credits rolling here. We got some pictures of some van shoes, of course, why not? Uh, We got some cuts of uh, BMX freestyling. That's the the flat pavement um, moves that they're doing. I guess that's called freestyle. A lot of those just seem to be balancing on one wheel 
and like spinning your bike around like in a 360 kind of thing i think there's three main moves there's the pogo move Mm -hmm. where you stand on it and you kind of get it to hop and then the one that i'm like not that impressed with is where you use your foot to turn the wheel yeah like that's what's propelling you around and there's actually some parts in this intro where one guy is doing that, I think, while the other two guys do like six or seven different tricks. So I got the sense that this wasn't choreographed in any sense. It was like set up to camera and just literally freestyle. Yeah. And that led to some dull moments in the choreography. Well, upon further research, it took them two days to film all that stuff. And that's what they used to cut it all together. So okay. just whatever he got. I do feel like the song at first I thought was maybe created for this movie. Did you guys get that feeling or no? Or was it just that good of a choice? I couldn't tell if a lot of the soundtrack was created specifically for this. If the band is called Three Speed, like... Well, that's only one song. Yeah, but the main... yes. It's almost like. I mean, the band could have just been called BMX Bikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was an already established, like BMX fan favorite band or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, Oops. we're the bike tires. A third of the soundtrack is by this guy named John Farnham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed his name a lot on there. Yeah. So by the time. They get to thunder in your heart at the qualifying, and you could tell it's the same guy. I got the sense that this was probably, oh, they brought in this guy to oversee the soundtrack. Like he wrote a few songs for it and then, you know, helped put together other things. Well, he crushed it. Oh, fuck, yeah. I will say the soundtrack is spot on for Rad. Uh, We get some uh, full pipe action going on. That is a, not a half pipe, that's a full pipe. (laughs) Insert sexual jokes. Doing a full pipe. <laughs> uh, we get a shot of a mullet. We do. We have worst hair already. Two seconds into the film. I don't know. There's a Bart Taylor fan later in the in the flick coming up. That's pretty close. Uh, we got some uh, sweet BMX riding suits before you know skateboarding companies and bicycle companies became cool shit to wear. I guess they just wore riding suits. Mm -hmm. So we got multiple stunts going off, and that's your opening credits. Uh, Pretty much, hey, look how fucking cool we are on these fucking BMX bikes. Hey, in the credits, though, known convict, Lori Laughlin. There's a joke in this film that literally writes itself. It's amazing. That name really does pop out now. And Mm -hmm. what the fuck is it? Whoa, what the fuck? What the fuck is her name in the film? Is it Christian? Christian, yeah. yeah. C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. Yeah. Christian. Christina. Nope. No. <laughs> Almost, but no. We'll go with Christian, I guess. Or Lori. Whichever. I- you can choose to be right. You can choose to be wrong. You, you could go with Christian, the name of the character in the yeah. film. You mean Christina? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's going to be a long night for you, Kyle. 
Joss. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to bring that up. I'll bring it up when I please. Good old Monster Dog, our number one film. All right, so that's our opening credits. Now let's get into the real film here. Next up, we get a news van rolling through, dropping off some newspapers. So we figure out that, and one of them is a girl, correct? Yes, which I did not realize until about 20, halfway through yeah, the movie. Okay. Yeah, Same I, here. I guess I just realized it. <laughs> it is. I kind of thought for a second, I'm like, eh, maybe not. She's got a raspy voice. The one with the hat? Yeah. Okay. And I, I think her and the taller guy are, to, are an item. Yeah, they're together. Yeah. And then crew doesn't realize that until later, but it's pretty obvious. So, Well, hell. he did, I didn't pick up on that. What? That he didn't know? Yeah, I thought he... They're always like hugging each other, even when they're... Yeah, but he, he notices that they're doing something and he's like i didn't realize that and Lori laughlin's like duh it's after I'll, we'll we'll get to it later duh. i fucked both it's the homework night. it's the it's the homework print uh print screen t-shirt segment mm. it's after all of that god can i get one of those shirts please so we cut to the newspaper van showing up he tosses out the paper we got a uh, cruise crew here and they load up all their fucking papers and we're off. He yells, let's dudes, let's walk this sucker, which I guess means let's, let's get to it. I guess mm-hmm. let's do our route. Probably like Canadian specific slang. That might be true. This is filmed in Canada. Let's walk the maple leaf. But they're delivering USA t- today's. Charles Bronson was in this film, Kyle? Yeah. I I guess I can't do Canadian. <laughs> eh? So we got them taken off on their bikes. Then they start going through pretty much a montage of them delivering papers mixed with sweet BMX bike moves. We got yeah. an old man. A montage of trespassing. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. We got an old man yelling at the one of the kids for throwing porch. It, for, Told you a million times the porch for throwing it in his garden yep. or his flowers or some shit. Which yeah is an inconvenience. I'm going with the old guy on this one. Mm-hmm. Old guy one punks zero. It's half and half with the customers. Half the customers are supporting the terrible behavior, and then the other half mm-hmm. are victim to uh, poor throws and. Um, you know, buffoonery. They are teens, so, you know. Uh, we get a crew randomly just jumps over a fence into a backyard where a giant fucking dog jumps across him and takes the newspaper. That's kind of a punk-ass move, I think. But like Bone said, yeah, just trespassing left and right. Uh, how many random ramps are in this town? Just set up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we got it. The other guy jumps into a driveway and gets hit by a car. 
and the lady doesn't even mm-hmm. fucking notice. I, yeah, I thought the shit was actually pretty funny. Yeah, she, she shouldn't be behind the wheel, though, right? Yeah, she seems to not have any connection to the car. She, I mean, you gotta. I think shit the fucking front of it. Oh, he rolled over the guys, entirety of the car. Yeah, he lands if on the one top. If one of you jumped on my car, I think I would notice. Yeah. And then she's got two kids in the back that are actually laughing at the this man's Mm -hmm. misfortune. And she says, "If you guys don't shut up, I'm going to tell your father later." (laughs) That brought back some memories. Mm -hmm. Well, he gets up like, "Oh, it happened again!" Like, how many fucking times you get hit by a car a week, bro? I think he, yeah, he just like shakes his shakes it off and says like gnarly yeah or something yeah i guess oh, cool hit and runs are gnarly in canada i think these guys are all just getting hit by cars on the regular so they're just used to it but this yeah. behavior mm-hmm. is believable that's how crew met the uh, garbage truck guy the garbage truck driver hit him probably oh, yeah. but first we get papers delivered to a fishing boat with two old dudes in it which i was like Never seen that before, no. but it happened. That's a secret level in Paperboy. Mm-hmm. I used to have that game on Super NES. Two though. Paperboy two. Yeah, you could hit the Su- dogs when they run up, break cool. the windows, jump the ramps. Super NES two. No, yeah, just man. Super NES, Kyle. The unreleased. Release the Snyder Cut SNES, dude. <laughs> the Snyder Cut Super Nintendo. The Snyder <laughs> Nintendo. Four X is big in black and white. All right, so then, yeah, he gives the fucking paper to the dump truck driver who lifts him up and then over the fence. This is a cool stunt, man. Mm-hmm. This is cool. It just took... We didn't have to have him lifting. We could have just cut to him already over the fence. I kind of like the fact that you see his face. Because you can actually see how kind of uncomfortable he is. <laughs> doing On the second viewing, I really paid attention to his face. And he is like real like, oh, fuck. Like, he is, he's got some nerves about it. Well, the dump truck driver is this fucking... Just so tickled that he's actually in this movie. Yeah. He's like, oh, we're going to have you in. He's like, oh, what? Oh, okay. He's just very happy that he was able to uh, provide that service. Um, I think we got an old, is it an old man who goes into the store who says the world would be better off without kids? Yeah, this, uh, is this Trimmer? He, well, he comes out on his bike, right? And then yeah. uh, he he's holding like a couple coffees and he gets hit with a paper. Yeah. yeah. He's doing a thing that I actually dislike more than the kids trespassing as he's riding a bike on the sidewalk <laughs> and gets and has an attitude with some people that are just walking on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm not sure if it's crew or not, but one of them pegs him with the uh, with a paper, like you said. Timmer, I think, is his name. He's he's a, an important character. That's his bud, right? Well, he has 
he comes to the rescue at the end. Yeah, he's got deep pockets. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. I thought you were talking about the kid delivering who hit him with the paper. I got you. Never mind. I got you. I, I got you. I don't know if you wrote this in there, but one of them has to deliver a paper to a Seven Eleven. That's what was my next note. We get our first uh, hell track sighting here at the Seven Eleven. Yeah. And I thought this was weird because you would think a 7-Eleven would get a whole stack of papers to then sell. No, man. Just one. Just one paper that everybody else has to share. But the thing that stood out to me, 1986, you could get three hot dogs for a dollar. I did see that as well. I just immediately thought of my grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like like, Grandpa would have thrived Grandpa used to be eating this shit up. Keep the buns. Poor guy never got a 7-Eleven in his small town, though, so. Damn it. Grandpa would have been doing great up in Canada. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, at the 7-Eleven, we do get, uh, I believe it's like a flyer or something that says Hell Track on it, and crew kind of, like, shakes his head at it. I think it's on Is the fence. Is that or the fence? It's on the fence, I believe. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, this peewee-style f- trapdoor fence that pops open and he goes under mm-hmm. and he takes 30 seconds to be remorseful about the fact that 7-Eleven is sponsoring a hell track that he'll never get to run we're getting a little foreshadow here that's what they call that in the biz guys cool so yeah we got a bunch of different scenarios where they're delivering papers uh, We he crew delivers to the last lady and she's like oh you're five minutes late and he's like, I'm going to get it one of these days, Mrs. Something. I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that kind of finishes up that little little scene there that we have. Then we cut to them, I guess, going into high school. Which we got a whole bunch of fucking preppy kids out by, out by the Corvette that they're going to win. <laughs> now that's one juvenile asshole. That's... So, yeah, I think crew comes in and like jumps over him. And then his other buddy comes in and like knocks his papers out of his hand, which he's talking about like Ivy League schools like Harvard, Stanford. And yeah, he jumps over the the cars. And then, yeah, he says, that's one juvenile asshole. But yeah, the preps only have like one other scene in this film. That's all you need yeah, of them. Pretty unnecessary. We're focused on the BMX kids. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to the inside of the high school. We cut to the hallway and uh, we get some comments about Katie here, who I guess crew is kind of interested in his love interest. Uh, we get a girl being sexually harassed because some kid pinches her on the ass. Simpler times. The 80s, bro. You could just frame your buddies for sexual harassment. We also get a Iron Maiden shirt shirt sighting here, which Mm -hmm. is pretty sweet. And then, uh, yeah, we get the Katie and crew talk. So I think they all go to class. And then we got cut to uh, a town hall meeting in the town of Cochran here. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we wait for, for Bones to get back? It's up to you. 
Yeah, we'll wait. He gave a little. I didn't see. I was looking uh-huh. at my notes, Kyle. You'll just have to tell him to cut all this then. You should have texted me. Well, I'm not going to pick up my phone to text. That would distract you just as much. I thought we were a fucking team here, Kyle. If I texted you, then you'd be looking at your phone, not going through the notes. Well, you have these notes. I have my notes. I don't have your notes. How many pages of notes you got? I don't know. Uh, One, two, three, four. Four and a half. God damn. Bones, you're going to have to cut the last bit because we stopped when you got up. Oh, sorry. You didn't see me say, keep going? I saw it. Dan didn't. And then he he said, should we stop for Bones? (laughs) And I said, he told us to keep going. And then Dan got mad and said, why didn't you text me? And I said, that would be just as much of a distraction. (laughs) Okay. Fuck you, Kyle. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we get some talk about Katie here, who who is Crew's love interest and all that high school high school drama talk we cut to a town hall meeting i take it in the town of cochran here uh we this is where we get our first sighting of mr duke best and uh who what what the fuck was his name the other guy who sets up the burton burton timmer burton timmer you got the yeah because it's Duke Best, his number two guy, Timmer, and then the mayor. Yeah, who is the Little number... Little Weasley-ass mayor. Who is the number two guy for, for Duke Best? I've, okay. I've fucking seen that guy, and I could not find out who I'll he was. I'll tell you who I thought he was. Do you remember Children of Men? Mm-hmm. The, um, the cop that, when he, that helps him break into the prison towards the end of the movie? That actor, and then he's also um, in Westworld. He's the owner of the company. Did you watch Westworld season two? The first episode. Okay. Anyway, he's the the guy who ended up buying the company at the Man in Black suggestion. That guy. Now, that's who I thought it was. I thought, oh, this is a younger version with a mustache. But I thought he kind of looked like a little. Not to be. I thought he looked like a little Wayne Newton. Yes, yeah. and that's what I wrote in my notes too. It's like certainly during the the town hall scene, he looked like Wayne Newton from uh, License to Kill. Mm-hmm. So we're at a town hall meeting. They're pretty much here, kind of describing what's going on about the race. This is where we get our first little intro to what the hell track is and what they're planning on doing here. So you got Duke best who is works for mongoose. Then you have Burton who I, I don't, he's not the mayor of the town. I guess he's just like a, like a, a town worker, I guess. Cause he's like ta- a developer or something. Yeah. He's they're in the, they're he in builds BMX tracks for BMX yeah. town. It's not that hard to, does he? Yeah. I mean this whole, this whole place just revolves around bicycles, so... Well, I thought he lived in a town of, of Cochrane. Yeah, he but lives he there. He just builds tracks all day, though. So He's anyway. a contradictory character because the first thing he says is, fuck kids, and then we find out that he's investing in BMX tracks, so... For the kids. 
making yeah. making cash off the kids. He's, a, he's dynamic. I'm sorry. He's he's kind of gray. He's probably the guy who built all the ramps in town for you to jump off of as you do your paper route. I thought yeah, he, he was got just... so fucking sick of his paper not being there on time. I thought he was just like a dude who worked for like the town hall or some shit. No. So anyway, these guys are like Hell Track is not going to disappoint. They're they're pretty much putting it together. Uh, Mister Best gets up there and starts pretty much telling the town what's going on with Hell Track. It's going to be a race that it's a never attempted in BMX history. You get a hundred thou if you win and a new Corvette, uh, and it will really help the town. Uh, there's an old lady there that stands up and says, yeah, you're going to bring in all these BMX pros. That's all super fun and stuff. But what about our local boys? Are they going to get a chance to race as well? She's the hero of the story. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. She's the one that kicks us all off. Without her, we wouldn't yeah. have rad. So immediately, Mr. Duke says, all right, you know what? You bring up a good point, old lady. Uh, there's going to be a qualifying race, and whoever wins that will get $10,000 and a chance to uh, race in Hell Track with the pros. Does a little Wayne Newton mouth $20,000 at first? Yeah. 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 They have like a little whisper session behind the mayor. Then mm-hmm. Duke stands up and says, like, and then, you know, they'll be rewarded, whatever. And Wayne Newton is trying to say 20000 and he shakes it off like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. 10000 Which I like. We already get the sense that Duke Best is already an alcoholic because he's slurring through this whole speech. And he's cheap. Mm-hmm. He might have actually been drunk the whole time. Because, yeah, sometimes when he goes to talk, you're like... And then it comes out like three oh, they, seconds. Yeah, they show him pounding at the uh, the dance. Yeah. That also, was, was probably just actually booze that he had hidden on set to be like, mm-hmm. if we go over two takes, I'm hitting the bottle. Do you guys think the, the 10,000 was tax-free? <laughs> I have I, it in my notes. I've just become with tax-free. I've actually thought about that. I'm obsessed with tax-free since No Holds Barred. Mm-hmm. It would be a lot like when I heard a hundred thousand dollars or ten thousand just for qualifying. Like the first thing that shot into my head was like, "Well, that's really like seven grand because yeah, you have to pay those Canadian taxes." Cron, you got to show for it. Healthcare, yeah. Cron, you're an accountant, so you can edit that out. You know, but uh, don't you think of this all day long? Like, oh, I wonder if that's tax free. Yeah, uh, that's all I think about. Sometimes I go into stores and I just take stuff because then it's free and tax-free. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't um, support that here. That's called... Larceny. Thief. Hey, listeners. Steal stuff from your local stores. It doesn't matter. Listen to us on Apple Music now. You want to support small business? Steal from them. Yet not pay taxes? Local taxes are way too much. That's why we order from Amazon. We cut to inside of a shack. I guess this is crew and his crew's hangout, I guess. It's like a little kick-ass clubhouse, man. Yeah, it's a nice little clubhouse. We got some kids cereal going. It's like a shack 
on the edge of a lumber yard. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you bring up the kicks. Uh, is this the most sponsorship heavy movie that we've done so far? I believe so. We've already seen Vans. We've seen Seven Eleven. I mean, they had to have funded. Mongoose this. is in the like they're yeah. They had to Mongoose have... is allowing their you know them to be sort of the villain. Yeah, I thought that was a weird choice. I have that in my notes. Like, did Mongoose sign off to be the bad guys of this movie? Yeah. Maybe that's where Apple developed their whole, um, like, bad guys in movies aren't allowed to use iPhones. Is that, Have you heard that? Is that real? That's a real thing. Uh, so with Knives Out, Ryan Johnson said, like, um, from now on, whenever you watch a movie, you can always find out the bad guy because Apple will not allow you, like, if you use their product in the movie, that person can't be um, the antagonist. So if you're ever like trying to f- watch a mystery movie and the bad guy has a f- like a non-Apple phone, you know, oh okay, he's not the good guy. Well, don't watch Searched. Damn. That's why I only put rotary phones in all my movies that I make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a perfectionist. Just do the, the Tarantino thing and not write any movie post 1999. Mm-hmm. Just do the Tarantino thing. Where you write the same movie five times. If it's good, it's good, bro. (laughs) So we got crew and then the rest of his crew talking about the hell track, uh, asking if he's going to try to qualify or whatever. And he's like, "Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. So then we cut to, I guess they hear something outside. This, this, uh, the cop sound a siren. Yeah. He just shows up and an ominous note plays in these kids' heads. Well, something gets their attention to know that he's out there. So, yeah, he they get out of this, uh, this little clubhouse they got, and they see a motorcycle, motorcycle cop, and they take off on their BMX bikes, and the cop here chases them so we got a lot of cuts here of uh crew i mean in 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 2021 like when we were watching this now weren't you guys just like why doesn't this cop just shoot these kids already yeah well i'm surprised he gave them fair warning this is canada though i assumed he had a no-knock warrant (laughs) 2021, he would have driven that bike right into the clubhouse. Oh, they were clearly trespassing on sawmill property. So, yeah, we get a cop chase here through a sawmill. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got multiple shots of crew going up onto wood piles and uh, riding his bike across them. I think my favorite one is like, there's like a stack of lumber on the left and a stack of lumber on the right. And it's literally close enough that you could only fit a BMX bike through like the motorcycle won't fit. Yeah. Which is probably the width of two bicycles next to each other. Yeah. There's a lot of whistling here where he's like, Hey, I'm up here. And then he crew goes to the end of the the fence and performs a nice little BMX jump to the street where he meets up with uh, 
the other two and the cop kind of rolls by and just kind of laughs it off like you got me again yeah even though the a motorcycle is way faster than a bike so when he shows up crew's like it's sergeant smith and he wants to play okay his name's it smith. it, it, it kind of goes both ways like we don't know if he's just wanting to chase him for fun or if like you were saying like he's busting him for being in like on the sawmill or whatever mm-hmm. and then at the end of it when crew jumps over the fence smith kind of gives him a smile and like a point like yeah you got, you, you got away from me yeah and then you kind of get this it's like oh okay he just shows up every once in a while to mess with them and then yeah. later on in the movie we figure out what this guy's modus operandi is but <laughs> so yeah they call him officer skinhead because he's bald i guess that's not a uh we don't think he's no his first Nazi. name he's skinhead smith <laughs> is it that's what it's in the credits at? yeah mm-hmm. yeah i didn't see that on letterboxd well, you really don't get enough of his backstory to know if he's a white supremacist or not. So I don't. I've I've written some serious fan fiction in the last forty eight hours it's, about Sergeant Skinhead Smith. It's eighty six in Canada. I think he's more French than Skinhead. I I'm just saying we shouldn't say one way or the other. <laughs> we should give he, him a fair chance. He could be a neo Nazi. <laughs> no, nah, he's too nice. We'll see. This is. Yep. Uh, Cruz says he's got to go home. Uh, the other two ask if, is he sure? Because they're going to go ass sliding. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. that's a big question mark. And he's like, no, I got to go home. He's got to go pick up Wesley. Yeah, his sister. So, cut to playground. We got his sister just giving all sorts of shit to these, to the Shermanator. The young Shermanator. I don't. I feel like the Shermanator is kind of asking for it. Mm-hmm. He strolls up in his Bart Taylor shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He makes a comment about Bart Taylor while literally wearing a Bart Taylor T-shirt. Is the brother's got nothing on Bart best, Taylor? I think it says. Yeah. Uh, this goes back to uh, Monster Dog vibes. Whenever the bitch had the dream shirt on in the dream sequence, it's like mm-hmm. really. This redhead kid kind of reminded me of Fracker from Death Wish 3. <laughs> yeah, like kind of. It was like his origin story, you know? Sure. Just teased on the playground, beat up yeah. by a girl. <laughs> Fucking, I'm moving to New York and starting a gang. It, it, yeah, it kind of does look like him, honestly. So we got... Crew's sister here making fun of the kid, and then all of a sudden, I guess it's a teacher. She comes out of nowhere, um, tells her to stop fighting and all that. Uh, his sister kicks the kid, and that's when Crew shows up, just rolls up to the playground on his bike. He says something. This what was that terrorist act back there? Yeah. I guess she's riding on the peg, so they're going home. Uh, she bombed a bunch of kids. Like, did you not catch that? Yeah. Uh, that's a completely different movie, Kyle. She convinced another fellow elementary school kid that uh, if she wanted to get into middle school, she needed to prove herself. 
You just wear basically it. broke yeah broke down the other kid's spirit, convinced them to wear a suicide vest. <laughs> Must be a a deleted scene that wasn't on your DVD. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the special features. I should have. There wasn't. Well, any. I I think they put it back in for the for the final digital cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was two and two hours and forty minutes. Yeah. You didn't get the vinegar syndrome one, Kyle. No, I, I rented this digitally. Three ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Oh, I paid four ninety nine. Damn. I paid two ninety nine. Where at? I'll tell you off pod, so we're not okay. promoting. Okay. So, this is one of my favorite parts of this film. As crew and his sister ride home on his bike, we kind of get a shot through the neighborhood. And in one person's yard, there's a giant pink elephant with a cowboy hat on, and it's a fucking water sprinkler. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> like, where I, do I get that? It's another, like, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure <laughs> sort of feel. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> I'd buy that. I'd fucking buy it in a heartbeat. So anyway, one of my favorite parts. All right, we cut to Cruz's mom. She's getting groceries out of the car. Or should I say, Adrian! Solid. Yeah. She showed up for what? A day and a half? Maybe if, a day. If that. <laughs> So, Crew helps his mom take in the groceries, him and his sister. We cut to the inside of the house. His mom... The, uh, one of the bags of groceries rips oh, when yeah. Crew first we could, goes to pick it up. He's that fucking strong, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he manages to correct it, though. He gets it in before they cut. Is he grabbing him at the top, though? Like an amateur? Yeah, he tries to grab, like, three. Idiot. Yeah. I'm a tough guy. Um, it's and he guy. was so he was so terrified of Talia Shire. <laughs> he was like, I, I can't fuck this, this shot up. So he tells crew tells his little sister like, hey, I got to talk to mom because he wants to pretty much tell her that he's going to do the qualifying for Hell Trek. So it's not that he's going to do it. It's that the day it is, mm-hmm. that's the problem, right? Well, yeah, he, he brings it up and he tells his mom that he wants to run it. And she's like, well, that's the same day that the SATs are. SAT makeup too, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. It's your so SAT f- makeup day. Did he fuck up the SATs or did he miss it by five minutes? Like he does his paper route. He probably had to do his paper route that day. He missed it by five minutes. He's five minutes late. Couldn't take the test. He yeah. probably missed it to try to qualify for Devil Track, which is a whole separate <laughs> adventure we weren't privy it, to. No, it's Devil's Backbone, and don't give it away. <laughs> so think, she says... Think long and hard, listener. That's that's the same day as your SAT makeup. Our day, she says, "You always wanted to go to college." He comes back with, uh, "Dad always said when your gut talks, you listen." 
and then we automatically get a, a dead dad here. So, do you guys think his dad died in a BMX accident? No, I do. He was probably an architect or something. And you're not going to fucking convince me otherwise. I think he died running away from Sergeant Smith. And Smith covered it up. They pointed that gun on Dad. (laughs) So we pretty much end this scene with his mom getting pissed at him and they don't really resolve anything. Do we think it's do is it too early to talk about crew in general? We haven't really like we've we've talked about him as our character, but uh performance wise, how do you think do you think he delivers for the movie he's in? Yes. Like I think he does fine for Rad. I don't know if I could see him as like a leading man in a lot of other ventures, but yeah, I I think he's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I really do. I think he's great. I um, uh, he there's a lot of little quips and things that he delivers throughout the movie that I think are absolutely great. So, why did th- they why did they name him Crew? Why didn't they just name him Rad? Would it be any different? If his name was Rad, I think beats of the movie would work better. Nobody names or, a fucking kid Rad. Nobody names he, a kid Crew. I mean, his name could have been Tad, and they could have named him Rad Tad. No. No, just name him Rad. He could have been okay. named Randolph, and everybody calls him Rad. Well, it's like, we're going to name our kid Finley, but we're going to call him Finn. Just fucking not, name him Finn. I don't want to blow over any rad tads out there. <laughs> if we have any rad Fuck tads. Fuck you, rad tad. If we, have any, if we have any rad tads, please email us at fivedayrentalspodcast at gmail.com. I want to fight you. <laughs> email me. I will send you my address. If I'm you're, fighting rad tad. If your name's Rad Tad, tell us your favorite Ninja Turtles story. <laughs> and then Bones will fight you. All you got to do is is his nickname is Rad. His name is Crew Jones or whatever, and they just call him Rad. But I That's think, all you got to do. I the Rad just comes out of nowhere. That'd be fine, too. Just people yeah. could call him Rad. It would work better for the movie. I think Let's, Rad is a cooler name. or I think Crew is a cooler name than Rad. What the fuck, dude? Because what did you look also, how they wh- spell it? Yeah, C R U. Damn right. Yeah, R A D. I used to drive a C R U. Great mileage. Um, also, why was there a fifty-five gallon trash can in their living room <laughs> that he was able to just shove his sister into? Because we really needed something funny to do with this little okay. kid who cusses too that much. That really bu- that bugged me. I wrote that down. I'm going to write a note to myself to move our trash can before Bones visits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From- hey, if you just write Tad on it, I'll <laughs> kick the shit out of it so hard. It'll fly out your front door. 
so we cut to a half pipe now with, I guess this is where they practice. So this is where crew is practicing for hell track. Well, I get, that's just what we practicing a backflip. That's right? what we assume. Yeah. He's practicing a backflip, which is the only move he practices for, for the entire race. It's a fucking race. It's not a, it's not a stunt competition. You're trying to look cool, though. But he needs that backflip for later. Mm-hmm. It will come into play. But that's the only thing he trains for. I guess he's already fucking super fast, though. Yeah. There's a part in so this... fucking fast. There's a part in this scene where, like... I think his buddies are, like, getting ready to leave. And they're like, hey, we're about to go... And Crew's like, well, I'm going to keep practicing. But Crew also says, like, I keep getting really dizzy. <laughs> it's like, this, yeah. this dude definitely has concussions. Concussion. <laughs> yeah, he says, I could, I bet I could get it if I'd stop getting dizzy. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then it's the only time where his friends aren't supportive either. They're like, you keep fucking it up. Like, let's call it a day. <laughs> keep falling on those mattresses, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. Fuck you guys. I'm not going ass sliding. Not till I land this jump. You know, just simpler times in the 80s where yeah. you were just casually concussed going about and your it, day. It's another impressive stunt, I think, where we just get to see in one shot this fucking guy land on this mattress. It looked, I think if I landed it, on that mattress right now, I'd be like, I'm out for the week, guys. Yeah. So we cut to the parade now. They're, the town of Cochrane is throwing a parade to introduce all the pro BMXers that are going to be participating in Hell Track here. So this is where we get our first taste of uh, Mr. Bart Taylor, the best BMXer in the world at, at this moment in time. Uh, we get him in the... He's got his two twin buddies, Rex and Rod, is a those are their names. Right? Double Dragon? Yeah. Which I was confused at first. I thought one of those dudes was Bart at first. I didn't know he was the blonde guy. But So uh, Bart's pretty much rolling with these, with these through this parade, and he's pretty much like, hey, this town fucking sucks, guys. There's nobody here. It's tiny. I haven't even seen any hot chicks. They pick out a couple chicks that might be hot. Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, check out those two over no, there. No, they're, they're not. <laughs> uh, these guys are clearly backed by Mongoose Bikes. That's their sponsor because I think they wear a Mongoose shirt every single time we see them from then on. From them on from Did you guys ever have a Mongoose? No, they were too expensive. One. Yeah. At the time I grew up, Mongoose was like one of the top BMX bikes. And now they sell them at like fucking Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never had a mongoose. I always wanted one. Well, I had the animal, but not the bike. How many fights did it win? The mongoose? Yeah. Uh, we were like 50-50. Okay. I'd take him. He'd take me. I had the uh, woodchuck. 
fatter tires. Now, Kyle, do you still have the sock that you would slip over your arm that was painted like a cobra that you would fight the mongoose with? <laughs> yeah. Were you 50-50 well, because he beat your left hand but couldn't beat your right hand? It's like I, I do still have it, yes, but it is also behind uh, framed glass now. So I can't really Crusty like, with blood. I can't really show it to you on the Zoom call. It's part of a whole mongoose display. It's beautiful if you saw it. Can you have a pet mongoose right now? He did. Yeah, no, I did. Just, I had I like one. To quit, like to quit bringing it up and making him feel bad. It's stuffed. It's displayed prominently. What's its name? Ricky Laffy Taffy. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Ticky. Laffy Daffy. <laughs> it was his favorite. It was his favorite treat. He loved it. Banana. <laughs> Banana was the best. We're really showing our fucking age. <laughs> Nobody is gonna know what the fuck that is. Episode 10, Ricky Ticky Tavy joke. <laughs> We've peaked. <laughs> so let's get let's get back to Rad Guys 1986. This is where we get our first uh introduction to Mrs. Christian Lori Laughlin here. Hey. Campus mom, Lori Laughlin. Campus mom, Lori Laughlin. I know she's a criminal, but put her on the babes list. Oh, yeah. How old do you think she is in this film? She looks 15. I thought she looked older than everybody else. No, I thought she looked young as hell. Well, after the comment, Uncomfortably. After the comment I just made, I'm hoping 19 is the right answer. <laughs> So we get Bart. He stops in the middle of the fucking parade to get out of the car and go kiss mm-hmm. Lori Laughlin here, Christian. And she just like rolls up her fucking window. Funny as hell. Like, burn, bro. Uh, we get crew that's watching the parade and a, lady's, a lady is trying to get through because... She, She's got cakes or something in yeah, the oven. Yeah, something, something's in the oven. And like, yeah, Why people the? won't move. So he clears everybody out and lets her go. We get another shot of Officer Skinner. Let's not forget that, that he's, a, he's a very nice boy. He's a good guy. He's a very nice boy. He's a local this fucking woman, paper boy. Mm-hmm. It's very important that this woman say out loud that he's such a nice boy. So Officer Skinhead sees that crew is interrupting the parade here so he kind of comes after him crew jumps over a car and then takes off i'm impressed he didn't bust that windshield yeah he just kind of goes right up it yeah so we cut back to high school here uh, Cruz trying to impress Katie, his first uh, his first crush that we meet. 
with BMX tricks. She's, I think she's walking home from school. They just got out of school. Uh, he asked her to the dance and she's like, what are you going to fucking pick me up on that dumb bike of yours? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I am actually. That's what I was going to do. So that cuts that. Um, and what's next? The high school dance, right? Mm-hmm. She pretty, Katie pretty much tells him no. Like, it's not happening. Isn't there another SAT scene here where his mom, like, asks him again about the SATs? No, that's that's later on. Oh, okay. That's when it gets real. Real, real, real. So we cut to the high school dance. Big thing. And apparently all the pro BMXers are invited to the high school dance as well. So mm-hmm. it's a really uh, well put together town here we got in Cochrane, Alberta, Canada. So in our ranking of nightclubs, dance clubs... High school dances. Where do you guys put this? Would you rather go to Zabalba? I'm going with Zabalba number one. Yeah, I'd rather be in Zabalba. I can't fuck any of those chicks at this dance. I think. Well, Lori Laughlin's 23, so her you, you could. Did you look this up? Yeah, I just looked at. Yeah, it's totally right. <laughs> I think I'm still. I think the hunger is still the best club, but yeah, Zabalba for sure. I if think you can, where, if you can get in, dude, I think that's where we're getting assaulted is Zabalba. So apparently, the hunger is our best episode. I'm sure that's just because you tagged David Bowie and Eleven Vamps watched it or listened to it and <laughs> immediately shut it off. Nobody's finishing this shit. Should have been more than that. There's a million other podcasts to listen to. Anyway, we get Burton, and this is where we get the mayor of Cochrane. He's at the dance as well. He shows up. They're both talking about Cochrane. Uh, Duke's here as well. He says it's going to be a great investment. Uh, he says, how is the track looking? That he doesn't want it wasted. Uh, we cut to crew. He's outside of the dance on his bike. Well, let's not forget that Wayne Newton also decides to like hey let's spike the punch bro yeah i mean they're like hey can we yep. can we fill up your so these glasses? four chaperones just get fucking tanked they're not spiking the punch though they're just spiking their own glasses yeah because okay. you see the, not, the punch yeah. and then they got clear. that's fair that's fair yeah they're they're spiking their own punch mm-hmm. which wouldn't you want to be a little bit shit fucked if you had to go to a high school dance I know I'd got to be shit fucked if I'm punching Spike from Little Giants. That kid was a beast. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. And the reason that's at the front of my brain is because I'm pretty sure there's a character named Rad Tad <laughs> in Little Giants, and I want to kick his ass. Note, Bones is not like anybody named Tad. A uh, quick Google search for Rad Tad pulls up Basically next to nothing. <laughs> Rad Tad two inch do it molds. Wasn't uh, Abraham Lincoln's kid named Tad? That is true. Maybe that's what it's from. But I think he, he w- died, didn't he? 
No, he was pretty rad. He didn't die. Oh, his son Rad was the one that died. Mm-hmm. So, Crew is outside on his bike. He sees uh, Christian again. and uh, Tad Simpson. There's a character named Tad Simpson in Little Giants, <laughs> and they, they call him Rad Tad. Sorry. Join us oh, next week. Hot tonight. Join us next week for oh. extremely extreme sports when we cover Little Giants. <laughs> Great flick. Make it yours, Bones. It is all right. It's a good movie. So he sees uh, Christian and he goes up to her. This we cut back into the high school to where we get a choreographed dance with Bart and his two buddies, Rex and Rob. (laughs) These two guys look like they're down for a side-by-side, right? Yeah. They got some ridiculous ass. I think off mic, we need to clarify our definition of a side-by-side because I think the joke got away from me. (laughs) Uh, I think it's very defined. I think... Why don't you just take the time right now to explain no, that's all right. what a side-by-side side side was? Let's just side-by-side is a threesome. <laughs> let's just go with that. Let's redefine it. Okay. With all right, two what was other the original? Guys. And let's say, here's the thing. No, there is no thing. Let's keep moving on. Uh, crew does not go up to her at all. He is totally oblivious to Christian. I which thought I he sees her awesome. outside. He does, but it's not like he goes up to her and is like trying to impress ah, her. Ah, that's right, because she you know rides in. She's like she's going through a thing, and then is like, "Well, fuck, like, okay, you know." Are you saying a side by side should be two dudes, two chicks? No, 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 no. Trust me, there is a very specific thing, guys. A side by side is like an ATV. It's like a Gator. Yeah. yeah. That you drive. Mm-hmm. Like on a farm. And sometimes in that gator, there's male parts <laughs> and there's female parts. And it's an offensive way for referring to somebody who has both of those. So what happened? So when somebody makes a joke of, I did a side-by-side once. I'm retroactively saying I did two BMX twins at the same time. (laughs) When was the side-by-side joke made? Was it the last episode or was it the episode before that? It got got brought back up in Death Wish 3, (laughs) but it happened, the original part happened before then. And No Holds Barred? I couldn't find it. I don't know. I didn't look. It's a real, yeah, it's an offhanded thing where I think Kyle Because no, I says, remember laughing at it when I when Yes, I you and I laughed at it because I thought you got what I was referencing. And then later in Death Wish 3, you, were making a, you made the side-by-side reference. And I was like, oh, I don't get that now. Like... I think there's some disconnect with what I was meaning. And then Kyle texting and going, when, where was that three-way joke? Like, I don't remember that at all. So, 
Bones has been listening to five day rentals for like the past four days. <laughs> Trying to figure this shit out. All right. Well, I do just want to establish though that from from here forward, a side by side is a three way, right? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I don't care if it was the original meaning, but that's what it means to now. us now. Okay. All right. Are we clear on side by sides? Yes. These these two guys would do a side by side, though, right? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. So we get a choreographed dance with Bert and his home, Bart and his homies, which is, I guess, a cool thing to do in 1986. I, I don't think we ever did this as a group. Of friends, they're kind of they're kind of dressed like 1950s sci-fi characters too, right? Yeah, Logan's Run, yeah. sort of. Good, good eye, Kyle, because I read that those costumes were borrowed from the sci-fi show V. So that is also they, filmed in Canada. Did uh, they share a wardrobe department? I don't know, but otherwise that means those were shipped. They remade V in the two thousands, I think, but there was an eighties V show. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, we get to Simeon Angel, Dan. <laughs> we get to one of the greatest dance scenes in film history here. And you go into this, and as a movie watcher that watches many movies, you say, are they really, they're going, oh yes, they're doing a BMX dance. It's happening. So we get crew, he notices Christian outside. <laughs> she all of a sudden starts doing some freestyling out there on her bike. Correct. Is that what I noticed? Well, it, he's he's doing the freestyle outside. She comes up, bunny hops over him, mm-hmm. yeah, and then motions like, "Hey, come on in." Yeah, she rides right into yeah the auditorium here. Because Bart even says something like, "You couldn't wait till I was done." Show some respect. At <laughs> yeah. least wait till we're done dancing. So then we get a bicycle boogie between our boy crew. And Christian. And, and the whole time, the commentator from later in the movie is apparently also the DJ for this dance. <laughs> because he's narrating like, oh my God. BMX Bart dance. Taylor's hitting the dance floor. BMX yeah. dance between our two lovebirds here. Love it's is awesome. Real. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Look this shit up. Well, I like that like every time... You know, if you can see Lori Laughlin's face, she's not really doing anything. And then when they cut to the technical shit, it's definitely a dude in a wig. His name is Eddie Folia. Okay, so it was a guy. It was a guy. And Eddie Folia is who Crew is based off of. Okay. He's an actual what? BMX biker. So I'm guessing, so <laughs> like, there, I thought there was some union law where you can't have a female character have a male stuntman. So this must be before that. This was is, that true in the Canada. 80s? Yeah, it the, may not be. Okay. The 80s in Canada? Because I thought the same thing later on in the movie where uh, Crew and her have a little race. Mm-hmm. 
where he's like taunting her and they and they're not showing Lori Laughlin's face. I was like, I don't know if that's a girl's body or a guy's body. It's kind of hard to tell, but it would, I feel like they do a decent job shooting the dance where yeah. like you said, it's obvious that she's just on something in slow motion. Mhm. But so we cut to uh Bart's crew here and they are not impressed with this. Duke seems very interested in crew at this moment because he's watching as well. The crowd is loving it, guys. They're fucking loving it. Uh, We even get Christian. She jumps up onto a balance beam on her bike, which is fucking amazing. Um, And really, she's just like, really horned up for a crew right now because mm-hmm. he's doing BMX dance with her. And you know, if a guy ever does a BMX dance with you ladies, lock that shit down. That's all I'm going to say. So yeah, we got a BMX dance and I think that's the end of this podcast. That's, that's all we have to do. We're not going to do any more episodes because we've peaked. We've fucking peaked cinematic history right there. Um, so after the dance and we're going to take a pee break here in a second but crew just hightails it out of there yeah i wrote that down like why does he just leave and then we cut to the diner where our deli i guess it's a deli where bart and two chicks walk in and they need a table and crew's there working the tables it's like well i guess he had to be at work so but we can uh we can do a pee break now gentlemen all right so if we think about that diner scene i thought it was funny that uh that like to get those kids to leave that guy puts down a sign that says minimum charge five dollars it's like that really doesn't seem that out of line if you're at a restaurant well that's like a hundred dollars and 86 no that's that's still like that's like two cups of coffee and one appetizer (laughs) and those kids seem like so dejected like (laughs) who can afford that yeah and what do they serve there I don't know. Like, I feel like there were photos of hot dogs, but it looked like a pizza place. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when you asked the question, I almost just instinctively said pizza, because that's what I thought, too. Dan, you have that in your notes? No. Well, I thought it was a diner at first, and then later on in the film, it says deli on there. Okay. So. Let's just be where they shot. I guess. Well, this is a scene where I don't know, like, how does crew not know that them two are together? Because they're, like, hugging all over each other and shit when he sets down that sign. I don't know. I mean, if that is, like, like I said at the beginning of this, I didn't realize that that was a chick. So Yeah. Crew may think that's a dude. It's like that whole Clark Kent Superman thing. That chick takes her hat off, and I'm like... That's a totally different person. He's like, oh, wait, wait a minute. 
So, all right, from the from the deli here, where apparently crew works, we cut to him uh, training again to do his backflip. Chris, some speed speed ramping too. I don't know if you guys noticed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they like speed up whenever he's like trying to line up to do the jump. It's like of all the things that you need to cushion. Well, we pretty much get a Christian here giving crew advice for some reason. She's a woman. She doesn't know anything about BMX, right? I don't know. I thought she literally just proved that she's pretty awesome. She's pretty awesome with that BMX dance. Guys, she knows what she's doing. (laughs) It didn't get sexist on here. So anyway, she says, no guts, no glory. You need to take those mattresses out. That's why you're not landing this fucking backflip. And he's like, Guys, eh. I, I was worried for crew at this part because he's all like, even with the mats earlier, he was like, I am so dizzy. I can't even walk straight. Yeah. And now she's coming in being like, if you don't take the mats away, you're never going to do it. He's like, I did two full on boxing matches after I left my backflip practice last time. So I'm still dizzy. Feeling a little concussed. Or you're an NFL player. Yeah. Well, Canadian Football League. Not as tough. Well, we shouldn't bring that up. We're recording this on a day that uh, the NFL concussion problem is going to get a little bit more. um... He was out of the league, man. He's he's just a regular guy. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking crazy. All right. So no guts, no glory. He takes the mattresses out. They got a double cut on the landing here. He fails the first time, and then I think he tries again, and he lands it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they continue walking and talking after he lands it. He's super excited. Uh, she starts talking about some fun. He says, you want to see some fun? And he takes her ass sliding. This mm-hmm. is our normal falling in love with each other montage here ass sliding if you're asking is just them sliding down a water slide yeah it's maybe a story and a half it's coated in maple syrup because they're in canada i lost my shit when they did it twice (laughs) because they they do they do it they freak out, they flip around, and then they cut to them doing it again. And I thought, this is the most real love montage I've ever seen. What was... If they, had, they kept in the 30 minutes or 30 seconds of them climbing back up the hill and like resetting. I lost my shit when, they're, when the scene goes on so long when they're holding each other in the water. <laughs> oh, that's one of the greatest scenes ever, Kyle. Because we didn't, it goes on we didn't so even long. have to yes. write the joke. Anyway, right. what was because it's what was because it's prompted by her like splashing the rock, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the first. That's the beginning of the shot, and then they kind of he's chasing her a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. she says it's beautiful out here. What what is the song here? Let me look it up. So we got a we got a lame ass love song. Send me an angel. Send so, me an angel. yes, 
we get them holding each other, and that's when she says, "Oh, it's so beautiful here," and you see the baby, mountains. It's baby, come back. Yeah, baby, come back. <laughs> and this is where I said this is one of the greatest parts of this film because we get Lori Loughlin literally looking up at Crew, and she asks, "Where are you going to college?" And I'm like, "You, like." God just gave us a gift here, guys. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to write the joke. You guys didn't write that down? I didn't need to. I was like, it writes itself. I'm, I mean, just anywhere where money talks, you know? So we get Crew here. He's talking about pros and how pros are so awesome. And hell track or college, they kiss... It's crazy that he knows about pros, but not sponsorships. <laughs> I guess he thinks you just go pro when the the general public showers you with money. Well, we, you just wake up with a branded shirt on. Yeah. We, we pretty much get Christian here, like, solving his whole, like, this is how you shut your fucking mother up argument of, mm-hmm. well, can't you just do the SATs at a later date? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like... Oh, yeah. Shouldn't you do what 90% of American kids should do, which is take some time after high school before immediately jumping into college? Well, see, I I wrote down because she says, like, my sister took off six months from school and it didn't hurt her. And then I just wrote down who wrote this, the Mongoose Corporation. (laughs) (laughs) They wrote this whole movie because there was a kid. That they wanted to sponsor, but his mom wants him to take the SATs. Yeah. So they wrote this whole movie, shot it, and then sent it to him. Like, we thought maybe you'd be interested in this. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, kid. You're pretty good on the pedals six months from now. Might not be working out so hot. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we get a love scene here. They kiss. We cut back to crew showing up late to the deli job again. This is where he talks to the uh, blob. I I think she also tells him during that scene that it took her six months to learn how to air walk and it took him one afternoon. Yeah, because you're really good at at BMX. So yeah, crew's late, so the blob is making fun of him. And he's like, what was his name? It's not blob, it's Bob or something. Yeah, he's got a whole little spiel that he says in response to it's not blob it's bob and crew is you know mouthing along with it so we get that little scene and then we cut back to crew's house uh, well this is this is where he says for sure like he's gonna do it yeah he he, he shows the application the, yeah and then our ivy league guy shows back up right yeah this is the last time he's in the film yeah he says something about, like, uh, somebody thinks they're a pro or some shit, right? You're not as good as those guys or some shit like yeah. that. So, yeah, we cut back to his house. He has a whole bunch of, like, crumpled up newspapers and shit. Like, he's doesn't know how to fill out this application, which was, like, six fucking lines whenever they showed it. Uh, this is where his sister comes in and she's like, oh, you're going to fucking register for Helltown. 
He's like, well, I'm trying, but I can't forge my mom's signature. Welcome to hell town. Hell town, didn't I? God damn it. Sponsored by Mongoose. Hell track. Sorry. Race the amazing hell track in hell town. I will say, like, if it's called hell track, you didn't even have any flames anywhere. What was the name of the town in uh, Strangeland? Hellville? Haverton or something? Helverton? Helverton, yeah. Yeah, Helverton. That sounds right. You should have known that, Kyle. Let me jump back to my Strangeland notes. Don't get That sounds right. It's going to take forever to get back there. Don't get him started. So anyway, his, his sister forges his mom's name just like that. Like, she's like, yeah. This shit's easy, bro. Did you notice that she was the only one that like really cussed in the whole movie? Oh shit! Oh shit! She said shit like eighty times. It's like God damn. This could have been a PG flick, man. It is, I believe, right? Is it? I don't know. I thought it was. You should have all this shit printed out in front of you. Printed. I write everything. I'm old. So then we cut to Hell Trek. This we get into the qualifier here. We got Duke. He's uh, it is PG. He's talking about Hell Trek's purpose. Uh, what what is the purpose of Hell Trek? I don't know. I just wrote that down. This is the qualifier. So I think he's explaining the rules, right? Yeah, I think at one point he says, like, Hell Track is a course to test every facet of BMX. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's what I wrote down. I, I wrote down that Duke Best grabbing the mic tells you everything that he, you need to know about his character. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the mom folding laundry in a really creepy-ass fucking basement. She turns on the TV and the Hell Track race is on there. It's three racer or three races, twenty racers with the best times. It's probably qualify. on. It's probably on every single channel at the well, same yeah. time. It's like no holds bars. Like anytime you turn on the TV, it's just wrestling. You only cut in for like the assassination of JFK, the NASA launches, and the Hell Track qualifiers. Like that's it. World Television Network is really ranking the ratings up. So, we're back. We're still with the Hell Track qualifier here. We get a montage of the Hell Track with some sweet 80s power ballads going on. Thunder in your heart. This is where we get thunder in your heart. Give me the thunder. Give me the thunder. Thunder in your heart. Every move is like lightning. So look, yeah. look that up, guys, if you get a chance. Um, we get multiple BMXers falling out. Cruz ready for his chance. He finally gets up there. His mom's not very happy about it. We cut back and forth. Uh, crew is mentioned by the commentator. So there's this race that really didn't look that difficult. You just had to be kind of fast. Or cheat. Yeah, just take shortcuts. We'll, yeah, which we'll talk about. And yeah, he did cut through keep, some trees and stuff like that. He straight up cheats, dude. 
why even have the course set up if you can just go anywhere? Yeah, go anywhere you damn well please. (laughs) In his third race, he goes off the track and onto the asphalt (laughs) (laughs) to make up like six spots. It's got to be faster than the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think you need to spend a bunch of time here. Like, I think we got Bart's twins that, like, his buddies that are racing as well. Don't they win, like, one of the heats? Yeah, they're side by side with yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Bart wins the first one, so he's automatically in. But I thought he was a pro, mm-hmm. so why Why would he even I, race? So th- they set it up like there's going to be a qualifier just for local people. But in all actuality, it's if you are a local person, you can be in the qualifier. So if you win one of the qualifiers, you're automatically in. Otherwise, it's best time. So yeah, like the the twin guys got to keep running the whole thing over and over. Yeah. So crew makes the cut for the first race. So he makes it to the next heat. He makes the top three in the next one. And then I guess he... Does he... I think he's second again in the last one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he's whooped in between. Like, they keep cutting to him, like, resting up and them saying, like, all you got to do is get, like, third. One more race. And he's like, yeah, no problem, you know. So his mom yeah. shows up. You defied me. <laughs> So he makes the cut. He's going to race Hell Track. It's very self destructive. <laughs> so his mom shows up. She's fucking pissed. Uh, he says sh- shit like pretty much the same shit that Lori Laughlin told him while they were making out at the lake. Like, I could take the fucking SATs in six months, mom. Like, it'd be fine. SATs no matter what. I need to figure this out to see if I really want to be the a BMX biker. I could be the best in the world. It used to be one in 10,000. Now it's one, one in 20. One in, one in 20. Uh, he promises that in six months he's going to take the SATs to get his fucking bitch mom off of his back. God damn, moms just don't understand, dude. Uh, crew gets a congrats from all his friends. They actually call him a rad dude. See, they could have just been calling him Rad. His nickname. Um. So yeah, we we go through all that SATs, no matter what. Okay, when he got, we cut back to the deli. That's when they're all calling him Rad, dude. Uh, some guy comes up to him and says that uh, somebody wants to talk to him outside. So of course, crew just it's like okay, whatever. Did you guys, because uh, the guy says, hey, crew, the, there's a big BMX guy outside and he wants to talk to you. Did it remind you of the Dirty Mops Kraft Mac and Cheese commercial that I sent everyone? You sent that? Yeah, I totally sent that. Was it in our text? Yeah. Did you guys not watch the Was Kraft? it before or after my iced tea deep rising Yeah. It was whenever I originally mentioned the Dirty Mops Kraft Mac and Cheese commercial. Dan? I watched it. Okay. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, That's what we call irony, folks. 
It's all coming back around, isn't it? If you're paying attention. I guess there's two of us who can't read all the messages. <laughs> so, I obviously watched it because I brought up the I Got the Blues macaroni and cheese commercials from around the same time. Nobody's bringing up quality craft, commercial. craft commercials like I am. It is one of your crafts. What constitutes a big BMX guy? Like that he's fat? Oh, he's pretty big. Yeah. Or just like a big guy on a big BMX bike. He's like second in command of Mongoose, man. <laughs> so crew meets with Duke. Turns out the big BMX guy is Duke. He pretty much makes him an offer that says, yo, dude, uh, I'll sponsor you. And what does he tell him he has to lose the race or something? I think at this point he's just saying, like, come I'll, ride for Mongoose. Come, come ride with Mongoose. I'll, I'll be your sponsor. Seems well, like they don't show what he says about, like, uh, oh, that's right. They say, taking a fall. He says it later on. He tells, yeah, Lori Laughlin that later. Like, he reveals that. We just cut back to him basically telling him to fuck off. So, yeah. So, Cruz says no. And then we cut to Duke yelling at Bart about it. Uh, yeah. It seems like this could have solved a lot of Cruz issues, though. So you don't then, want to take the SATs. You just want to have money coming in. Yeah. We get Wayne Newton's character coming in, and he tells Crew he can't race without a sponsor, and that's a new rule that's in the book. Yeah, we get three instances of them just changing the rules to keep Crew out. There's a part here, too, where Crew is like, uh, I'll talk to Luke. I think he's in good with AT and T. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking cracked up, dude. That was a good line. Does Luke just work there? Or... <laughs> has Boy, he like? Cr- has Luke cr- never been late on a bill? <laughs> Cruz got some like good, like cool responses. Like later on, when the um, redheaded Bart fan comes up and wants a shirt. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we're all out. And he's like, no, you can have one. He can have the ripped one. You know, like give him the ripped one. Yeah. (laughs) So Wayne Newton pretty much tells him to just take the fucking money. Then we cut the crew telling Christian that Duke wanted to sponsor him, but throw the race. Uh, (laughs) This is where we go the extra mile to explain what a sponsorship is. <laughs> and she uses the uh the guy who happens to walk by in a Coke sponsorship. Yep. He raises for Coke. And, I, and my thing was like that could mean different things in the eighties. This is like a two minute scene. Yeah. We're explaining what a sponsorship is. This is the point of the movie. Like up until now, I felt like everything was fine. And then at this point, it was like they seemed to be, it seemed like the script or something kind of changed. I don't know. Like they were very like, we need to tell the audience what's going on here. 
I don't, I don't, did you guys get that feeling? Oh, it's probably for all these dumb Canucks that don't know how a fucking sponsorship works. Look, guys, we love Canada because our podcast is available worldwide. Come on, yeah, Kyle. Just, just quit eating handfuls of maple syrup and learn how sponsorships work. God damn it. I We love Canadians. I think, I think it's just that one sequence. I think it's the awkwardness that her of her dialogue. You know, like it, it should have been some, it, it could have been tweaked in a way. Um, no, because a little bit down the road, Duke explains the American dream t- to Christian. And it's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, but is that just big villain grandstanding? Like that's his villain speech? Probably some extra wordage in there yeah all right so he we explain what uh a sponsorship is hopefully our audience understands that we don't have any hopefully all you canadians could follow along with uh this very simple explanation yeah damn it kyle we don't have sponsorship anymore from the chicago sun times and now you gotta go to war with canada yeah fuck the sun times dude (laughs) you guys I laid out my challenge in episode one, and you still haven't done jack shit. I'm gonna. So just, if you ever feel like dancing with the devil, you know where to find me. The only thing, the only thing with smaller balls than a rad tad is the Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pussies, guys, they're gonna do a piece on us this weekend. Yeah, should we start a big list of uh, pussies, like <laughs> all the things that we call out? Chicago Sun-Times, Canadians, Rad Tads. We can't go to war with a whole race of people. A whole nationality of people. You, just for clicks. You got to pick. It's just for clicks, you, Canada. No, you guys got to pick two things Canadian that you don't like. Okay, one, all of Canada. <laughs> What's two? Two. The rest of Canada. Yeah. Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> Too fucking close. Diet Canada. <laughs> hey, Sun Times, put this in your arts and leisure column. All right. We got a final race to get to. We cut back to the deli. Crew walks in. His sister decides that. Well, they tell him. So Wayne Newton and Duke tell Crew that he has to have a certain amount of money in order to race. Or, wait, that comes up a bit. Well, he's got to have a sponsorship. And then they have the talk. Then they go back to the deli. His sister has created a shirt. Yeah, the rad shirts. Yeah, and then some woman is like, can I buy one of these shitty shirts for my kid? So that's a sponsorship. Yeah, crew gets the idea. Yeah. So then they go in, we cut to the school, and then we go into a full-on child labor printing press. Which is house paint. I don't really understand. Like, people are there, they said, I'm here to do homework? Mm Mm-hmm. Or something like, I think maybe there's something cut out 
but basically everybody at the high school is coming in in the home rec room and well, screen printing t-shirts. Learning how to screen print a t-shirt is probably a class in Canada because it's all Where else do they get their clothes? It's all you'll ever be good for. Well, they put down a shirt and it looks like the girl who's doing it just dips her paintbrush into like house paint and just like paints it on the shirt. Uh, I assumed it was tar because <laughs> Canada is just full of holes, full of tar. So Cruz getting like measured for, I guess his custom race suit here. Uh, he's talking about, his career we're talking about and all this shit. I'm like, the kid hasn't even got to the race yet. Like, yeah. Calm the fuck down, bro. And Christian jumps at the opportunity to smash his bulge faster than making a college bribe. <laughs> like she. <laughs> she served her time, guys. So we cut back to, uh, they start selling the shirts at I guess at the, at the hell track I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart says crew will make the race. Just that phrasing was <laughs> incredible. Bart says crew of Mike the Rice. One fifty-three. <laughs> I'm trying to. Why does he say that Crew's going to make this race? Because he's a good race racer, pretty much. It's not Bart, is it Bart? Um, (laughs) I have in my notes that this is where Bart stands up to Duke and basically says, like, I'll race him. Like, it's, it's not like I can take him. It's not a big deal. I'll win. Yeah. So we get... Another montage of crew and uh, Christian BMXing and falling in love. This is where they uh, launch into the river together. And then they're back in like a shack where they got a fire and some blankets. You can't blame him. He's got a good, he's got good luck with like getting her wet. (laughs) You know what I mean? We, we didn't see the extended, extended version. Wait, this uh, is th- this scene is where I wrote down the dialogue that I rewound like five or six times. When they're in this shack, this okay, is okay. Please I, explain this to I, me. I wrote this down verbatim, but Lori Laughlin says, "You wasted two cans of beans to make hot chocolate in river water, 
And the worst part is we don't even have any milk. What does that mean? I'm guessing he opened up two cans of beans, two cans of beans to fill those cans up with water. Okay. To then use that water to boil to make hot chocolate. That's what I th- I That's thought the- maybe they were using the cans as receptacles for the hot chocolate. Like that was just a cup. Okay. Yeah, it could be. Or who yeah. the hell knows? Maybe that's what Canadians think hot chocolate is. I mean, <laughs> drinking fucking bean water up there. <laughs> Crew is deep in thought, obviously, and she can tell. So this is... This is where we get like our after school special type shit going on here. He brings up his dead dad again, which doesn't really amount to anything, but hell track is the next day. So we cut to the old guys talking with Duke. Uh, Duke talks with Christian and this is where he explains what the American dream is and all that shit. He explains that they added another rule, rule 812.3B, and you got to have 50, is it $50,000 in order to participate in the race? Yeah, your sponsor has to have $50,000 in sales, mm-hmm. which is in response to the sister telling Duke that we've sold like 48 shirts or something. Yeah, and right? he mm-hmm. does the math, and it was like, oh, you're, you're going to have to... Uh, have a little bit more there. Uh, this is Duke pretty much gets uh, bitched out by Cruz's sister here. We get uh, Bert talks with Duke. Dude, like Duke, Duke likes Bert. I don't know why I wrote that. Uh, pretty much, Bert calls him a piece of shit. I think he flips him. Doesn't he flip him off? It's later. That's it's later. at the race. He pretty much. What? What does happen here is we solidify because like Duke is talking shit to the kids and Bert is like eavesdropping. And this is about the sixth time in the movie that somebody is eavesdropping like Bart, Burton and other people like I just wrote in my notes that there's a lot of like disagreeing with what you overhear throughout the flick. A lot of uh, curious looks coming from Bert there. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Who is what does Bert do? I'm like I wasn't sure what his occupation was and all that. That's why I think he just worked for like city council or some shit, old money or something. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Cruz hideout where here at the sawmill here. Uh, he's upset. This is when Christian shows up. Uh, <clears throat> He's mad. Uh, Crew is mad that he didn't take Duke's offer whenever he offered it to him. He should. I. I should have just took the money, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she pretty much tells him that. I thought you were a real man, pretty much, and just takes off. This is when. We- and he says, "Funny coming from you, somebody not wanting to take money." Is she rich? I mean, she's on Mongoose's team. Yeah. She's sponsored, so 
I guess she's and, making all kinds of money. And she's not a real man. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird, too. She's not going to be doing any side-by-sides. So we well, get... She might be. I don't know. She could be the bi in that She might have been scenario. around. <laughs> yeah. We get another montage of crew delivering papers. I guess this is the next day. Uh, he's doing great work here. He doesn't. He gets the newspaper on the porch this time for the old guy mm-hmm, instead of his mm-hmm. flowers. And he makes his time limit for the old lady at the store. Yep. I, I wrote down crew beats the paper route time trial. So he's ready. Yeah. For hell track, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to Helltrack. Uh, Mongoose, this is where Duke is talking to the Mongoose owner about uh, Bert and all that. Which, Duke is the Mongoose owner. I, no, he's not. That one guy that shows up is the Mongoose owner. Yeah. There's he like is? a there's a higher up from Mongoose that shows up. Duke is like second in oh, charge. Oh, I, th- I thought he was like a merchandising person for some store. No, this I think like he's the president. like the guy. Yeah, he's like the president of Mongoose. Oh, okay, okay. That's why Duke is like kissing his ass, basically. Okay, that fucked me up then, because I, I literally wrote my description of Duke Best as owner of Mongoose. So yeah. so he's just a rep of them or something. Yeah, Duke is telling him that Bart's going to win the whole thing. Like, we don't have anything to worry about. Okay. Oh, yeah, because they say something like we've got X amount of shirts and shit ready to go to all the stores. It's all about that merchandise, baby. Oh, yeah. So then we cut to a town hall meeting, and they, the town pretty much decides that they want to pay for crew to have enough money for his sponsorship so he can do this race. Yeah. Um, this is where we get Officer Skinhead whenever he, he pretty much comes up for bat for a crew here pretty much is like hey the the best line of dialogue in the movie i wrote this down too i've watched these kids grow to or grow up i've chased every one of them i mean if you did take just that scene out of context detective not look good yeah i've watched these kids grow up i've chased every one of them I mean, if you're uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're currently in acting classes, d- just deliver that for your monologue next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got Officer Skinhead. He speaks up for Cruz. Says he's pretty much a fucking great dude. Mm-hmm. We cut back to the store here. Uh, Crew is apologizing to Christian. God, what I wouldn't give to go ass sliding with you right now. <laughs> He points to a poster on the wall that says, quote, having a friend makes you happy all over. And then he said, would you like to be my friend? It's an image of two pandas sharing an ice cream cone, I think. So then don't they share an ice cream cone and they kiss, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's like he he shows her his favorite panda poster and they recreate it. It's true love, baby. That's what I'm talking about. At the end of this film, it just kind of like after school specials it almost. So uh, they need a little bit more money for crew to race. Uh, crew meets, uh, he, I guess uh, Bert finds the money 
or gives him the money, correct? And then yeah, he buys like twenty seven thousand dollars worth of shirts. Worth of shirts, yeah. I got shirts coming out of my ass. So that means the crew is eligible to race Hell Track. So we get down to the nitty gritty, boys. Hell Track race. It's on. Who do you think's gonna win? Well, I know that uh, before the race, Officer Sergeant Skinhead Smith tells crew, you can do it. Just pretend you're in the lumber yard. Go balls out. That was the original title of this film. Balls out? Balls out. I made a movie called Balls Out once. Can you show it in public? No. No. I sent it to a girlfriend. I think it involves a side-by-side. It involves a sock and a mongoose. <laughs> talking so, my language now. <laughs> we get Duke talking to his crew here, and he pretty much says, take out crew. And they're like, us? He's like, no, crew. And he's like, well, that's us. No, crew. Huh? So he tells Bart he pretty much has to win. And he's like, yeah, I'll win. Uh, This is where we find out that Bert purchased all the shirts. So he meets the Hell Trek criterion to meet or to race in this race. Duke shows crew needs to lose in order for Bert to get his 50% cut of the race. So that's where Bert comes in. So if... Bart wins, he gets 50% of the profits. That's kind of what I got from that, right? Whoa. Christian tells uh, crew, go get it. Officer Skinhead as well. That's whenever he comes up. We got a 20-foot wall to drop in on. We get all the, we get all the intros for the BMX pros here. Yeah. The, the people who actually paid for this movie, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> The actual racing. pros that were doing all the work. Racing mm-hmm. for vans is Terry Bohama. Uh, we get Adrian. She shows up looking fucking confused as shit and sits in the front row. She, uh, I will never um, talk about a woman's appearance in a negative way. Or I'll at least try not to. It does not look like Talia Shire showed up for makeup. She had to be there in any of these parts. It it looks like she rolled up, got out of her car, and just winged every scene she's in. We'll get back to that. There's okay. a there's a story behind that. There's some relationships who Ooh. she's related to, and who she is married to. Well, she's Cruz's mom. Well, she's also the producer's wife of this film. Oh. Who's also a Schwartzman. Oh. Jason Shortman. Schwartzman? Schwartzman. Yeah. That's this family. Hence the Coppola uh, connection, right? So. Fucking Hollywood royalty. These fucking people. She was on making their Godfathers and their BMX movies. <laughs> <laughs> so we get into the Hell Track race. We got a twenty-five foot drop. These dudes 
drop into. And this looks like a regular dirt track, pretty much, from what, what I could tell. Uh, the most dangerous thing is a giant cereal bowl. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, what the fuck? It's literally just a mound of dirt with a kick cereal bowl in the middle of yeah. it. The hardest fall of the movie is a guy fucking going head first off that thing. It's like, fuck, that guy hurt himself for sure. So they drop in. It's pretty much a rally race. We got a half pipe ramp. We got BMXers falling in and out. We finally get to Bart versus crew. Pretty much Bart stops in the middle of the race to wait for crew so they can battle it out. Uh, he falls out at one point, but gets back up. Uh, except cereal bowl. Get that, all that. Uh, <clears throat> crew backflips to the short, to shortcut it up. That's when Bart stops. It's one-on-one and crew just wins it. Really? Um, Duke starts yelling at Bart, like, you're never going to work again, which he was number one in the world. So if he lost this match, wouldn't he just be number two now? And fucking crew's not even ranked. So. Yeah. So he's like, you're never going to yeah. work again. You're off on my team. And he comes over to congratulate crew and crew's like, Hey man, you're awesome. Why don't you join the rad team? And he's, that's so rad. Well, it's a sister, right? That says, oh, yeah, there's to... room on the red team. Yeah. He's like, you want to join our team? So I guess now they're teammates. Boom. End credits. It's a thunder in your heart, buddy. Rad. 1986, gentlemen. <laughs> Did you bang that gong to yeah, what, drive we've home? S- still yet to answer the question of whether or not you have a snare drum on your fucking desk. What? I don't. What is it then? That was my beer hitting my mic stand. Okay. <laughs> well, please I, do it at the end of every movie now. Yeah. <laughs> I even use a koozie so it doesn't make loud sound when I sit down. When I set it down, Jesus Christ. I need another beer. Ladies and gentlemen, that was rad. It was a great Shit, Yeah, it time. was. Gentlemen, final thoughts on rad. I did write down at one point, I think it was the scene where they're holding each other in the water, and I just wrote down, is this the most 80s movie that I've ever seen? This, like... I feel like it hits every beat of just like jamming the 1980s down your throat. I concur, and I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. The costume design. Sam watched this a little bit with me, and anytime they were in the high school, and you had a hundred kids, we were both just cracking up at the 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 costume choices. Um, it really does hit all the beats of a good 80s movie. Um, I also uh, saw a lot of influence for Hot Rod mm-hmm. in this flick, which I really enjoyed. So I was pleasantly surprised by this flick. It was the first time in a while for this podcast that upon second viewing, I wasn't dreading watching it again. I was actually really excited. Since 
strange land, I'm guessing. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. <laughs> Damn it. I'm just going to keep, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Wear it off, man. I guess my last final thought is, um, hey, Canada, way to do something good for once. You gave us rad. Rad was released on March 21st, 1986. Budget was $3 million, box office $2 million, so it was a dud, guys. Uh, film was that's, sh- a mar- that's a marketing failure. Yeah. That's you- absolutely a marketing failure. There's no reason that this movie should not have done really well. It's you couldn't true. sell this film? Yeah. They had a great director. They had a great producer who had produced Godfather, who had produced uh, some Coppola shit and all that. So they were quite disappointed whenever it didn't do well at the box office. Film was shot in uh, Cochrane, Alberta, Canada. Film was released on VHS and Laserdisc in 1986 and found a following and was a top 10 rental for the first two years that it was released so it did very well on video our vhs and uh, laser disc went away after this it was really hard to find once dvd started to kick off that's when uh vinegar syndrome released a 4k version in may of uh 2020 even the dvd that i have is some i don't know what it is you can see a logo on the bottom corner where they kind of light it up too and said, you're watching rad right now. Like, I don't know if it was just recorded off of some foreign TV channel or something, but, uh, soundtrack is available on Spotify. The original title of the film was balls out, but they changed it. Of course, uh, it was fall whenever they filmed all the hell track scenes, so everybody had to take their jackets off, and they painted the leaves green on the trees. So it would look there were <laughs> there were several times that I noticed that you could see their breath. Yeah, yeah, especially in the water, like when they were holding each other. I think. Yeah, that wasn't scripted. They were just fucking freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jamie Clark, he played Luke, who I think is the guy in the other guy in Crew's Buddy. Okay. He is the ninth Canadian to climb Mount Everest. He didn't star in any other films after this either. Uh, as earlier, Eddie Fiola, he did all of uh, Christian's stunts on the bike during the BMX, the fantastic BMX dance. And that's pretty much who Crew is. Uh, set after this this guy who was a BMXer and all that shit. Hot Rod has many rad overtones. They love this film. Those guys, the Lonely Island guys. Robert Schwartzman is the producer and like I said, all, that all flows down to Jason Schwartzman. And I believe he was married to Adrian, whatever her name was, the mom. Okay. So she was taking, I guess they had two kids. That's Jason Shortman. He he was on the set a few days for this film. So she was super tired because she was like taking care of the kids and shit. That's at least what I read. And like I said, I referenced uh, before this recording started, but Vulture did a great article called Deep Dives. They do movies. 
It was July 24th of 2020, whenever uh, video, our Vinegar Syndrome released the, the 4K version. They did a really good article. It kind of goes into all that. And that was rad, gentlemen. Anything else? No. No? So everybody enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Rat. <laughs> it seems like we're all surprised at how much we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. This was a movie I had at least heard of, probably whenever Vinegar Syndrome released it. And I might have seen a trailer then, and I was like, I'm not going to watch that movie. And then we picked it for this. And I was extremely pleasantly surprised. So, do we want to rate our letterbox? Let's do it to it, crew. Is that what you're telling me right now, Kyle? Let's go for it. All right, this is my film, so I'm not first. I can go first. Kyle, I'm going to give you a three. Dan, I'm going to give you a 3.5. I'm going to go Bones. Three point five. Dan. This is a hard one to pick. Three. I'm going. I'm going Bones three. I'm going Kyle three. Bones, express yourself. Kyle, you nailed it. I'm giving this a three point five. If you guys said three for me, that's what I would give it. Okay. So Dan and I tied on that one. I'm doing a big old three stars, gentlemen. I was worried whenever I ended the film, and I was like, this is a little too much after-school special type of film. I need to get away from these PG kids movies. But as the week has progressed... And I did watch again. I was like, you know what? This is this is a fucking decent flick. So I'm going 3.0, guys. All right. <clears throat> right off the bat, I've put it onto the big list. As of right now, this would be tied for first place with <laughs> Death Wish 3. So I'll just very quickly ask both of you, Bones, would you pick Death Wish 3 or Rad? <clears throat> Two, two different categories we're talking here. Yeah. Nope. Let's just let's just gut right. gut feeling. All right. Bear with me here. You're trapped in a cabin. Those are the only two DVDs you got. Which one are you going first? Fucking rad, man. <laughs> Dan, Death Wish Three versus Rad. What are you picking? I, I think I got to go Death Wish. It's just a little more entertaining. All right. I would also go Death Wish 3 here. I don't know. Rad has a much cooler cop. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. 
All right. So the list is done. Number one, we'd be looking at Death Wish 3. Number two, Rad. Number three, Black Dog. Number four, The Hunger. Number five, Convoy. Number six, Strange Land. Number seven, Deep Rising. Number eight, Maximum Overdrive. Number nine, No Holds Barred. Number 10, Monster Dog. Way to sandwich the list there, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a chance to be number one, but I didn't. I didn't. I was honest. I mean, I was surprised at how close Rad came, like, just for me personally, to being at the top of this list. You guys yeah. really liked it that much? I Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There's a universe where I give this a 4. I almost went with 4 for you. Yeah. Kyle, I'm going to give you props, man. I th- I will have, I have to check my notes. I think you fucking rock the rate my letterbox, man. You know. I can't think of a time where you didn't get at least one of us correct. So, mad props, dude. Yeah, Rad hits a a real sweet spot for Bones. That's for sure. Bones is Rad. Mm -hmm. Bones is Rad. Bones is Rad dog with heart condition. All right, why don't you uh, tie this bad boy up? We'll close this out, and then uh, if anybody wants to stay for the post credit scene, we'll reveal Kyle's pick for Extremely Extreme Sports. Everybody, that was our first selection for Extremely Extreme Sports. It was rad from 1986. If you get a chance, check it out. You have to pay for it, I believe. It's not streaming anywhere. Uh, Obviously, everybody here at Five Day Rentals loved it. Like I said, check it out if you get a chance. We'd love it. Uh, Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Apple. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on uh, Letterboxd. That's all we got for you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. We love you, Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Take sorry. Take a joke, will you? Sorry I was so hard on you. I love you, Canada, but the Sun Times, you're still on my shit list. <laughs> and fucking Tad, come at me, dude. You're going to get a fucking shotgun full of rock salt right in the chest. I'm going to find a writer named Tad at the Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> set, <laughs> you, set you guys off. Instant enemy. <laughs>
Well, you guys want to talk about next week's pick? I mean... Yeah. I'm going to say for those of you uh, hanging out post-credits, I think this is something we'll do weekly where we reveal uh, next week's movie. Helps us keep the uh, episode a little shorter. And then for those of you that uh, like to stick around for a little extra bonus conversation, you're welcome. Do you love the sound of our Christian voices? Yeah. So uh, this category, Extremely Extreme Sports, picked by Dan. Dan, you saw us off this round. Kyle, it is your turn. Can you reveal what I'm paying for next week? All right. So we might have to discuss this pick a little bit. Okay. But my selection for Extremely Extreme Sports is a film from 1989 called Robot Jocks. Jocks is spelled J-O-X. Of course. Now first, I'll read the description, which is 50 years after a nuclear war, the two superpowers handle territorial disputes in different ways. Each fields a giant robot to fight in a one-on-one battle in official matches each piloted by a man inside, known as a robot jockey or jocks. The contest for possession of Alaska will be fought by two of the best. The con- the, con- <laughs> the Achilles fights for America. <laughs> Opposing him is a Russian, Alexander. So... I think this might not fit into the category because it's probably going to revolve more around territorial disputes. I do think this fits into the category because it is a sporting event where giant robots fight each other. If you want to see a trailer, I have that pulled up. I have two two comments. Okay. Number one, I'm pretty sure... Are you just trying to pigeonhole a... St- Stuart Gordon moving okay. in here. Well, and that, then number two, I defer the decision to Dan being owner of the uh, category. I do. I do want to say before Dan decides. Number can't, one, can't do that. Number one, this film is directed by Stuart Gordon, <laughs> famed director of Castle Freak. I know at home you wanted me to say Reanimator, but that's not how we roll. We're Castle Freak in. On Five Day Rentals, we have our top three with Stuart Gordon, and that is Castle Freak, From Beyond, and then Reanimator. Number two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Uh, Keep going. I think we're going to do a Stuart Gordon month. I think we should do those three eventually. You think? Because I, I do want to revisit that ranking. All right. Sorry. Go I'll ahead. Just, I'll just say we also. Can't, we can't do Castle Freak because you got two five stars right here, bro. That could happen. I could bring it down. <laughs> point, point. Point five. Yeah. I guess, I guess I'd also like to add important in this decision, I think, is that we all be aware that this is currently available for free on Tubby. 
our favorite streaming service. <laughs> well, boys. <laughs> it's a race to the bottom. <laughs> Are we watching Robot Jocks or what? And you say it's up to me. It is your category. I mean... There's something about the fact that... Okay, two points to argue in favor. You named the category extremely extreme sports. In doing so, I think there's like a level of ridiculousness connected to that. Number two, one could argue that fighting, like, or, you know, MMA or something like that, an extreme sport is generally like classified as something that you could die doing and you can die in a fight. So I think those would be arguments for. Now, the con being that this is a sci-fi Stuart Gordon. It, I will admit, this is a pretty loose interpretation of extreme sports. Yes. Yes. It, is it a competition? I have not seen this movie. All I can go off of is the description which is two superpowers are handling territorial disputes in different ways. Each field's a giant robot to fight in a one-on-one battle in an official match. So that is a competition. It is a competition. I mean, war is a competition, Mm -hmm. right? I... I just think it's amazing that Stuart Gordon went back in time and remade Pacific Rim. I think it's amazing that Del Toro stole from Stuart Gordon. Didn't they remake Castle Freak? They did. Yeah, Yeah. The chick that was in Castle Freak remade it. I'm going with a yeah. Cool. All yes. right. Let's do it. Because Karan Howard knows that he has my heart whenever it says Stuart Gordon on it. All right. That means the next selection for Extremely Extreme Sports is Robot Jocks from 1989, directed by Stuart Gordon, which you can find for free All's- on Tubby. This is how you shut your fucking mother up.